Welcome to Into a Music Appreciation Podcast. This is episode three. My name is Aiden. I'm Juggin. I'm Andrew. What's up? Sub. <laughs> so I guess to start things off, um, I think I left a little bit at the beginning with the show note, but we do apologize for some of the technical issues with the uh, last episode. Yeah, it's all Andrew's fault. Yeah, all Andy's fault. Yeah, I handle all technical. He stole all of the uh, stuff, all of the mic quality. Yeah, mic. I did. Yeah, I stole it and brought it home. Yeah, but now it's back. Yeah. It's back in the studio. They caught it's back me. Where it belongs. Yeah, they caught me. We have it. We have it. We have it uh, leashed up now. It's not going anywhere. Good boy. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Good boy. Audio. <laughs> so hip hop, drama, wow. beef, nice. Drugs, are you, are you guns, knives. <laughs> There's a Lana lot going Del Rey. on. Lana Del Rey. <laughs> Who to thunk? Yeah. The so, hip hop's queen, right? Yeah. Man, Ooh, that was the? that was a wild start to the last week drama wheel. Yeah. If, so, if you want to call it that, man, I don't know. So now I remember <laughs> how it started off and everything. I remember it was Lana Del Rey who tweeted about Kanye. Like It was her statement about not liking Kanye anymore. Yeah. yeah. Which is very luke it was a very lukewarm statement. Yeah. <laughs> which I think she thought was hot. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> I mean, what Kanye is doing right now is probably, you, you should say something about it, but we talked about that last week. It's a little bit unanimous at this point. Yeah. To me, I feel like just like a lot of people are pissed off. When you also, when you also have Taylor, Taylor Swift ending her political silence, you, you know something's up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, October 1st, Azalea Bank took to Instagram to defend her hubby, the king, Kanye West. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of where this all started. Was Lana Lana Del Rey made her thing. And then Azalea Banks went to defend. He was like, oh, like, look at this white girl. Yeah, have to stand up. Have to to stand up for my boy. This dude. Uh, I guess for context. Uh, when Kanye went on his Trump supporting kind of bit for a while, like he's been like, uh, he's always been a Trump supporter, but he's been like actively publicizing the fact recently. Mm-hmm. And Lana Del Rey, as well as a lot of celebrities went to Instagram and Twitter to speak out, speak out and berate Kanye kind of yeah. for, for being an influencer and, and promoting Trump. Yeah. And, uh, and then Azalea Banks, Right? Yep. She she clapped back, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, there's more drama. I'm just thinking of Azalea Banks right now too. It's completely irrelevant. So dumb. She had drama. controversy sacrificing chickens in her closet. Oh, that was the best. Yeah, that made me like her even more. <laughs> to be honest, I'm just confused as to what this actually means. I won't not fuck you the fuck up. I don't know what that means. She's yeah, to that's act hard. That I was the part that not. threw me off of like this whole like oh, Lana Del Rey yeah. support thing. <laughs> there you go. Once you read I it finally, out, right? yeah, like I had to space that out. Yeah. Cancel yeah. the negatives, and I yeah. finally yeah. understand. Yeah. That's exactly. the part that fucked. Yeah. That was like I'm off the Lana Del Rey support train. Yeah. Like you got to communicate yourself well, <laughs> and also like don't pull this. Like I mean, I've never been a huge supporter of her. She's the always- best thing she could have done here was just stay quiet. Yeah, this was not worth a conversation. Yeah, and for her to kind of just act hard, it yeah, wasn't she necessary. Have even responded to Azalea like in the no first one, place? Like no one was asking for this, and she was like, "Oh, you could have been the best female rapper alive, but you blew it. Don't take it out on the only person who had your back." And I was like, "Whatever, man." Yeah, and it also, I think for me, there's a tweet that's not shown on this article at all, 
but there was a certain how she began this whole thing with Azalea Banks was like, oh, clearly someone's off of her medicine, off her meds. And she was talking about like how Azalea Banks is off her oh, medication. Right. Yeah. And I was like, fuck I know you're off. talking about that. She, <laughs> yeah. she was like, guess you didn't get your cocktail this morning or something yeah. like that. I was like, fuck off with that mess. You have your whole Urban Outfitters selected. <laughs> <laughs> fucking fan base and you preach all of this self-love what is up all with this and i and what, you pull this out of your ass get out what, mm-hmm. what is even up with lana del rey recently but i seem like every famous female celebrity like musician kind of goes haywire for a little bit i don't know <laughs> like like Katy perry yeah Miley cyrus lady gaga it just seems like obviously i'm I think, I think maybe like, a lot of time in the music industry and maybe like that's what I was going to say. I think it more so has to do with how the industry is built yeah, where it's just like we have to pit these two women against each other, you know, so I, I wasn't even going even there, that. but like how like women have to have this certain standard compared to men. They don't almost have that same standard. So it might get to their head mentally that they have to be like it's dumb. this image for girls out there and everything to sell. It just seems like her whole shtick right now is like, I'm hard as fuck. Well, her new album like, title. What the f- Norman fucking Rockwell. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean, though, right? Yeah. And it's like this. her first single is called like Venice Ven- Bitch. Venice Bitch. And it's like, what are you doing? It's like- well, the thing about Lana Del Rey is she's always been, her whole shtick is being fake, pretty much. Fake? Yeah. Well, she it's, like, like it's the creation person- of her persona, and her yeah. persona oh, is very, song. like, the persona is very materialistic it's the selling of like the american dream okay if you know what i mean yeah kind of yeah the hollywood aesthetic the hollywood image of what america is and that's what she kind of sells through her music and all that Mm -hmm. yeah and that's just the thing that i'm not i'm not interested in hearing that i'm not into it like her vocals don't do enough to no No. to to bring me into what she does make some catchy song yeah she's a pop artist Mm -hmm. yeah right like so yeah. I, I know a, a good amount of people that like Lana Del Rey, and I'm not going to take that away from them. Is that it? Is it like did like did it end around October first or whatever? Like why well, not? That's it not, that's it kind of ended with this. Like if you were well versed enough to like, because like Azalea Banks is not verified on Twitter or anything. Like she has had her Twitter deleted by Twitter itself why? on numerous occasions. She just goes crazy. She she kind of goes a little. She has a reputation <laughs> so, for being being very loud. Yeah. So she kind of, you could see that, like, she was not going out of her way to kind of clap back with Lana. She was kind of laughing at the, at the situation. She was like, oh, wow. Yeah, it's almost like. This girl thinks she has skin in the game. Like, she can really, she can really fight me on this? It's, it's almost She's like, really going to fight me? So, you serious? And she was laughing. <laughs> she was like, can anyone, she, one of my favorite tweets of all time from the whole situation was, Azalea Banks was like, can anyone copy, <laughs> screenshot the, I will not fuck you the fuck up bit? <laughs> can anyone screenshot that? Because she's like, me and my lawyers need it. <laughs> and then the funniest bit was that Lana Del Rey replied to that. He was like, it's not a threat, sweetheart. It's a promise. Uh, and I was yep, like, stop. No. This is so high school. <laughs> it's literally, I literally like see- Az- Azalea is a troll and <laughs> Lana is biting on this hard right now. That, and that's what Azalea wanted. Like she wanted her to bite and now yeah. she's just having fun with it. Yeah. 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 So, I just saw it right now. Tell him it's a promise, not a threat. Yeah. Where's the pull up tweet? I'm talking to my lawyer. That's what. She- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. So. End of the story. It was a good popcorn week yeah. in the music industry. And I even forgot before that the whole Azalea Elon Musk 
and Grimes situation too. Yeah. <laughs> there was like a couple tweets after the the lawyer bit where like she was literally sending like planes going up into the sky and she was like, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Because she got in a lot of trouble before and because she was like, is put as like at the beginning she was blaming Elon Musk for, she was pitting a lot of the blame towards Elon Musk for the fact that a collaboration with Grimes never happened yet. Like back when Grimes and Elon Musk were at the beginning. And then there was, there was a certain day that Elon, that, that Azalea Banks was in Elon Musk's house without Grimes being there and that she was chilling with Elon Musk and she was like live tweeting the whole thing. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Interesting. Elon Musk is an interesting fellow. I used to, yeah. I used to really like that guy, and yeah. I still do. I, I still do. Uh, but interesting. That's yeah. all I can say. He's a huge edge lord. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. He, yeah. It's hard. It's hard. Like I, I'm definitely like. I guess maybe I don't fully understand the stand culture. Yeah. But like I think I do, and then they do something really dumb. Kanye is a good example. Yeah. And then I just totally okay, take one eighty on them. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. out. But so there, there are people. There are people who will like, stand behind anything. There are people like, that still stand understand. on Kanye. Yeah, exactly. And even with Elon, like the funnier bit with Elon Musk is that there is some people dialing back, but like it's in the funniest way possible. Where if you look, if you look at any of Elon Musk's tweet tweets recently, you'll have like five or ten people that saying, "You need to stop tweeting. I'm losing money because of you, <laughs> because oh. of how much Tesla's like stocks dropped." That's so bad. And they've all equated that to like, oh, this is all Elon Musk's fault and purely that. And it kind of is, but. Yeah. He's a huge factor. I mean, we're so off topic. Yeah. It's not music at all. but yeah. <laughs> It's music adjacent. I feel like I bring in up what, adjacent a lot. In in, in Somehow way? something is adjacent <laughs> to music. He dated Grimes. Grimes. Yeah, so like it's one a, time had a relationship. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And like Grimes is so influential. Like she's <laughs> big, but like in kind of even, not even. Yeah. Is, she, is she big? She's pretty Fairly? big, and especially the like in I'm the scheme, so alternative kind in the of scheme way. of things. Like she, she was, she has a video paid by Apple to talk about why she uses MacBooks for her music editing. Oh, she has oh. a song with so, Luna. Yeah. Oh, oh, I do and know Janelle that. Monet. <laughs> I do know that. And Janelle <laughs> Monet. Yeah. Yeah. That is a okay. Boss. Should we move on to the albums then? Yeah, let's move on to music <laughs> instead of talking about Elon Musk. Yeah. Okay. Muskrat so. elongated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. So on to the music. So let's start with uh, Andrew's pick. So you ended up choosing Tim I, Hecker's new album. Yeah, Tim Hecker's Kanoyo. I hope I didn't butcher that, but I probably did. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Tim Hecker is an ambient and drone artist, taking multiple Canadian Canadian as well. So we're talking about a Canadian. <gasps> So can. Uh, and he takes multiple influences from modern classical, a bunch of different electronic genres, and sometimes shoegaze too, which is interesting. Hmm. I chose this album because I wanted the temp talking about ambient music because I find it extremely hard to describe an album. It's more of an atmosphere, a feeling. The genre is based on minimalism and lawn pieces usually. So sometimes albums are hard, to, but it's deep in there. I find with ambient pieces that you just you have ambient music. You can not focus on it, or you can really focus on it and find a lot within it. And that's what I love about the genre. You can great study music or actually like thinking about music. Mm-hmm. 
And so the actual album, he, Tim Hecker went to Japan, recorded with a traditional gagaku uh, Japanese ensemble. Ensemble, yeah. And so you can hear that in the album completely.、Mm-hmm. He sort of makes it not recognizable, though, in a lot of tracks.、Mm-hmm. Like, And for those that may not know necessarily a lot about、right. Japanese culture,、uh, gagaku is. A sort of Japanese style of classical music is sort of like their. It's a lot of drumming and woodwinds、yeah. involved.、Mm-hmm. It's like it's their classical music. Yeah. But yeah, so he sort of takes these sounds and warps them into sort of unrecognizable, into long drone pieces、mm-hmm. or like these high pitched shrieks, even with the reeds from the woodwinds.、Mm-hmm. There's a couple tracks that you can totally recognize the drumming, like the last track, especially. The, the drumming just goes crazy halfway through the, tr- the track. Yeah. <laughs> And really, the whole album, is, it's really varied, I find too. Like, not one track sounds too similar from the other. Like, it still sounds like a drone piece each track. Yeah. No, there's a real sense to cohesiveness. Like, Yeah. When I think of, and this is jumping to a different genre, and I feel like I might end up doing this a couple times during this discussion, even though it may not be immediately recognizable. But like when I think of like cohesive projects, I feel like even though these songs kind of have more closers, more recognizable closes or ends to songs than say like Colors did for Between the Buried and Me. But like I feel like there's a similar kind of thing、just、going on where it's just like,、nicely. there's like it flows nicely into the next track, you know? Yeah. 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 Which is not. It's not something that is purely just between the bear and me or anything like that. There's a lot of albums that do it, but that's just what's kind of, what kind of comes to mind for yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, it's classic to us. So, yeah. Understandable. We all <clears throat> understand that record, listen to it plenty of times. Yeah. It's a good example. But a lot of these tracks sometimes too feel like cinematic. And I was reading that he took some inspiration from like film scores. And obviously, the modern classical is involved with、uh, film scores a lot of the time. And so you can kind of hear that through these tracks that they build up to this epic sound. Yeah, there's a very thematic tone to a lot of this. Yeah. And like I said about ambient music before, the atmosphere it invokes pretty much. I'm, I'm really drawn towards atmosphere and music. It just makes you feel another feeling. Like it's otherworldly. I think the one thing that I want, like, if you've looked up any of the reviews regarding this album, like, you will see a lot of eights and a lot of nines. <laughs> On this record. Yeah. Like Pitchfork gave this like an 85, Exclaim gave it like a nine, and a couple other places. Like it's nines across the board. This is a very well praised album for those that are well versed in like drone, ambient, electronic. This seems to be what people are talking about. Yeah. And I think this, like, yeah, this is a well praised musician in of itself. Like he yeah, is well known for his craft. And he's definitely, his sound is sort of iconic within the genre. Like you can tell that's a Tim Hack. Tim Hecker track.、Mm-hmm. And yeah, to keep in mind with that, I know not the album before this, Love Streams, but the album before that, Virgins, was hugely praised too.、Mm-hmm. It got like on top of album charts. Like the Needle Drop had a number one that year. And even like when I browsed metal sites, I remember that album being on top of the album charts. And they were like, I know this album's not metal, but I feel like metalheads would appeal it. To them, and that's how I discovered him essentially. Yeah, yeah, no, I could see that. Yeah, and yeah, Virgins was sort of it took a lot of inspiration from a classical composition as well, more like Americanized and everything.、Mm-hmm. So that's why people are, have been connecting Virgins and this album because 
they were basically sort of thought of in the same way. Mm-hmm. And Love Streams was a little, uh, I can't remember. I think it was a lot more synth-based. So, yeah, he's all over the place. Yeah, He, he had a collaboration a while back, too, with uh, Daniel Lopatin. Of, uh, Who dat? That's 10 tricks point never. Oh. Yeah. I'm, go- I'm going to nod. I, I have no idea. <laughs> also nod. <laughs> He's an amazing producer. But anyways, they, they did a collaboration. Yeah. Right. No, I've, I definitely saw the cover of Virgins a lot. Yeah. Now that I'm seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was a painful attempt at talking about ambient music. <laughs> and if you guys have anything to add on to that? No. Yeah. I've been scratching my head, dude, the entire time. And I'm like, I have no idea what to say. No, it's so hard. When I tell people I listen to ambient music, they're like, oh. oh what's that? They're like, what does that sound like? Uh, is that like nothing? And I'm like, essentially, mm. it can be nothing. It's nothing, but it's it's something. Yeah. And it's like, it's an atmosphere. It's something that I feel. like. It's, Man. It's honestly one of those genres. You just have to listen to it. And if you like it or Fuck. not. Aiden. I muted you. Watch my language. Yeah, watch Sorry, your language. Sorry, repeat what you said. Uh, I, like, I not knowing how to talk about this album. Yeah. I don't know. It's just hard. Maybe not this album specifically, but definitely. But the genre itself. The genre itself. But I, uh, yeah, another thing about this album, not about the sound, but I, I just love the theme of it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I remember correctly what the word actually means. And I like I'm maybe I'm misremembering how I read into this, but like these were all also like kind of like field recordings or like how how did he set this up? Yeah, I guess you could say they were field recordings. He basically recorded live ensembles pretty much. Yeah. Konoyo means the world over here. So yeah. he's trying to bring that world of Japanese classical music over here. to North America, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. The that that idea really appeals to me. Mm-hmm. I think what I have to say about this is that in some ways I I think I know how to say what I want to say, but I'm also like I don't necessarily have the right vocabulary to really dive into where I sit with this record. There's just how I would say things in my head is like there are a few moments where it just gets a little too grating sound-wise. Yeah, okay. But what I would to, to speak on that even is like, these are obviously two different forms, as, as I said before, in terms of genre. But when I think of like moments of incredible tension in songs, I think of like the Dillinger Escape Plan or something like that, like hardcore music. They emphasize like amp feedback and like strings hitting amps to get that like kind of effect. Like mm-hmm. you kind of hear it in here too. Like noise music. Yeah, like noise. They're sort of an elastic band effect, how I like to imagine it. With both of these styles, like there's a sense of pullback and like release, if that makes sense. And I feel like a lot of noise have this sense of release to those moments that I don't necessarily get a lot of here. Like these kind of just like tense up and then like there's no release to that thing. Like and I really noticed it in mm, keyed out. Yeah. Like there's a certain moment halfway through the track. I my <laughs> my ears are kind of waiting for that moment for like that kind of released to come back and it's not really getting there. I feel like that's a part on my end where it's just like maybe my ears aren't accustomed to drone. That, that might be the style. Of yeah. Like a, the yeah, drone, I was yeah. going to say that yeah. uh, appeals to me. Because so. like, I also have like no issues with that also. Like yeah. it kind of like, it rises and it feels like yeah. it's like infinitely rising. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the infinite rise. Right, and it's just like mm-hmm. you're waiting for that like pop. cuts off. But yeah. if anything, it's going to fizzle out very slowly. And I think, yeah, you want that explosion, like that pop, right? But you're not getting that yeah, with yeah. a lot of the style of music. I want like a, in general, a electronic swing, music. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of uh, non-EDM style won't, doesn't really have like that bang, at yeah. least from what I've noticed. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes like listening to this and then talking about it, it makes you realize like there is like a vocabulary with genres. And how you just how you explain things or how you talk about things, you know? Mm-hmm. Easiest example, uh, like rap, banner, yeah, <laughs> yeah. slaps, yeah, slaps. The bass drive, the, the drop, yeah, the EDM, for yeah. example, yeah, yeah, breakdown, yeah. I really like this album, but I can't tell you why. <laughs> yeah, like I don't necessarily hate this. That's why. That's why I picked it. <laughs> like I wanted the attempt. To challenge us it to is talk about this. better than your average ambient it, album. It definitely is. But I can't put my finger on why. Mm-hmm. I'd say just because there's enough variation in each track to keep you, like, interested. Like, it definitely. just doesn't go on for nine minutes with the same, like, sound, pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think for me, like, there's some notable tracks were, like, In Death Valley... I really liked Is a Rose Petal of the Dying Crimson yeah, Light. That one's a that really was good probably, track. That was probably my top track. Yeah, that one's a really yeah. good track. And then other than that, like as I was saying, like Keyed Out had like that was like the instant moment of like, oh shit, like, yeah, no, I definitely don't know a lot about this scene. <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> I yeah. My ears are not accustomed to liking this. <laughs> a little off topic, but I would have loved to see him in May. Apparently his shows are just yeah. amazing. He has all the lights off and you're just, he just blasts his music throughout. Mm-hmm. So like you have to bring earplugs and everything yeah. or else your ears will just be yeah. fucked. Yeah, I was like, I just bought earplugs. I finally nice. went to a UN luggage. Oh, is that like high quality earplugs or something? No, like it was like that. It's like that luggage place next to, next to fourth. Oh, the one yeah. that we talked about. Yeah. Okay. They, they ended up selling like, they're not like custom made headphones, but they were like taller, like uh, earplugs. But they're like twenty dollar earplugs where you kind of like you set the size like they're the clear ones and oh, like they come yeah. with like a little like carrying case, carrying case and like a little stick that you had to push your them through and mm. all that. It was cool. They're so, so I might nice. end up using them. Yeah, so nice. Like I and mean, I could immediately hear like the su- like 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 the suction a little bit. Like you can hear like the chain that you're the sound difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm curious to bring them to a show and see how that works. It, it actually really helps a lot yeah. for making everything sound cleaner. Yeah. More than just reducing it, you actually notice. I, I would feel like everybody thinks when you stick earplugs in, you're dampening all noise, but you're actually just getting rid of the very low lows and the really high highs. Mm-hmm. But you're not actually like ruining the quality of the sound, at least from if you get good quality ones. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So like you can actually like it gets really like EDM specifically for me. The, those festivals like are so loud that it's like shaking your clothes. Like it's like too loud. Right. Mm-hmm. Like. I really like, I've never, I've never worn earplugs before I went to EDM festivals. That's when I was like, wow, I'm going to go deaf. Like I legitimately felt like I was getting deaf. Mm -hmm. And like, I put them in for the second half of the festival and like instant change, instant change. Like I appreciate There's so much you can't hear because it's just so loud that it's just like, it's like when you blow at a speaker, you're blowing out your ears, right? Yeah. mm -hmm. You get to hear the intricacies a bit more. Way more. Yeah, yeah, that's why I started wearing earplugs was because I actually felt like I could hear the whole concert better. Yeah, exactly. And also standing near the back because depending on the room that's yeah. built, 
It will arms folded. Everything like a properly uh, like yeah. a, a tuned acoustic. Yeah, arm. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why I've never rushed the stage unless it's an artist. I like have to like be up front and no. center. Yeah, being at the front actually sucks. Yeah, I know it does. <laughs> like it's never you, worth everyone it. just you're pushes never, you at the front. Yeah, you're never close enough for it to actually matter. Yeah, I know. And then you just get like your ass is raw. Yeah, yeah everybody's like just beating you. Yeah, <laughs> it's never fun. All right, so. Anything else that we kind of want to say about this record, or like, I, I think, I think, I think, just, I think we all like this record, but don't know how to explain it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I would recommend I like it. it. Yeah. yeah, I would easily recommend yeah. it. If you're so interested in the genre, or if you're already a fan of the genre, but you probably already heard. Mm-hmm. Even if you just want like some music to listen to when you study. Yeah. No. Or or work or anything. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's the perfect. The whole genre is like meant for that. Yeah. Cool. Thumb thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> Is there like a more accessible record from Tim Tim Hecker for like people to listen to? Would you say? Or? I'd say a lot of people got into him through Virgins, just because so the huge acclaim it got. Yeah, but I don't know. I I think wherever you start in his discography is going to be a bit challenging. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily an easy artist to digest, especially on one listen. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's personal preference there. Yeah, I feel like none of his albums sound yeah, it's none too of, similar either. So it's hard to be like, oh, well, this is the great starting point because another one will sound actually pretty different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could hate one, love another. Yeah, exactly. You know, just try this one out. Yeah. I think this one's pretty accessible to like everybody. I Yeah, I would not say that this isn't yeah. accessible. Yeah. All right. On to the next one. Mm-hmm. On to the next one. Is that yours, Aiden? This will be mine. Okay. Yeah. So... I chose Burnt Sugar by Gouge Away. Oh, yeah. Florida yeah. hardcore band, hardcore punk. Yeah. Just straight up. Yeah. Like, like freaking <laughs> this is, Black Plague. This is straight track. up hardcore punk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not my favorite genre. I'll admit that right from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't bad, though. I love punk, so yeah. I'm ready to talk about this. <laughs> uh, yeah. you're, the, you're the one that's kind of the most well-versed in this genre. This is like one that I saw kind of coming up on the horizon and I knew I kind of like gouge away already. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I can, I could probably choose this and get behind it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. you love it. <laughs> yeah. So this is a, this is a band that was like, you can kind of tell right away kind of where their influences lie. And it's not like they're like a cookie cutter band, but it's just like, you can kind of see where their influences oh, yeah. lay or lie. Yeah. Like Fugazi, the Jesus lizard. Yeah. No, Very, they definitely have a lot of nineties noise rock yeah. in here. Like mm-hmm. even, and like they got their name from the Pixies. And yeah, I was gonna say yeah. the Pixies and uh, in utero Nirvana. Yeah, like this is very like '90s hardcore punk with like a very modern day accessibility to it. Mm-hmm. So, is it normal within the genre for all the songs to be so short? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's the Definitely. first thing I noticed was mm-hmm. like two minute, three minute. Yeah, a lot these of- are like I would say these are kind of long for yeah <laughs> for, really? for hardcore. generally yeah. Uh, Hardcore album is like twenty minutes, mm-hmm. thirty Damn, minutes. Yeah, really? yeah. This was forty. Yeah, no, it was twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yeah, it was around twenty. I thought it was thirty eight. Nope. No. Yeah, right. You're right. Yeah, because I remember. I, like, yeah. I was thinking of a different. I think I was thinking of Daniel Avery's. Yours is like forty. No, it was twenty five. No, that was like twenty five minutes. Yeah. Was, Where am I seeing? Uh, maybe cursive. Cursive. Yeah, I was probably thinking of cursive or something. Because yeah. yeah. that was your other choice. Yeah. Never mind. There's a yeah. There's a couple like three minute tracks on here. There's one four minute one. Yeah. Mm. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> the, the production. That's the 10 minute epic right yeah. there. 
The production's amazing on this record, yeah. too. Because Props they, to uh, Jeremy Baum, and they Touche have, Amore. They also had the producer for Death Heaven yeah. on here, yeah. too. Jack Shirley. Yeah. I don't know. What did you think, Aiden? Yeah, it's your album. Your we'll album. let you go Give first. Give your first deep dive into yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I did some research because I was curious as to like, because I was actually curious as to what the hell they kind of were going off of with the whole, with the whole Bird Sugar title. Yeah. I was like, the fuck does that mean? <laughs> so I couldn't find any other kind of definition that kind of fit the bill here other than like the cooking technique. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, like, so, like like just burning sugar? Like, yeah. yeah like, like literally? Like yeah. caramelizing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what I read up on was like you cook sugar until it kind of melts or stirring it and continue to cook it until it turns like dark brown. And like the thing is like bird sugar is. But here's the thing though. There is like, like a, a slender margin of time as to what I described with bird sugar is like you have like a small m- measure of error. Yeah, before you, you like fuck a, up sugar. A window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just about to say is that like making, like caramelizing or everything, like if you're not the right heat, or that you can legitimately burn it. Like burn yeah, just and sugar. You don't want to burn and it. And it tastes absolutely disgusting. So yeah. it, it, do they mean like caramel or do they mean, I think they're going for like the actual burnt sugar. <laughs> oh my God. The disgusting flavor. What? This conversation. What about sugar? Oh, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong? I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> I think there's something actually here. I think like, no one just picks a song. No one just picks an album title for no reason. Yeah. Generally. Generally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think hardcore bands might do that actually. <sighs> when I think of when I think of Touche, like bands like Touche Amore, Stage Four was not picked. Is it Touche Amore? No, yeah. Or is it Touche, Touche Amore? Amore? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, they're not completely traditional hardcore either. They're modern. I think they're modern enough to have thought about this mm. record choice. The, the title choice, you know? No, they probably did some, yeah, have some thought into it. Maybe it's just a personal reference to the band themselves in a way, mm-hmm. like an inside joke almost. Mm-hmm. So I think what I kind of took away from the idea of Bird Sugar is that I th- it seems like a majority of the record was more about depression and anxiety a lot of the time. Yeah. Hmm. I think it's about checking on yourself you know yeah <laughs> i was like lame as that sound is like yeah just check up on yourself man like this is a song and this is these this is an album about keeping track of yourself and making sure that you like you give yours like you stir, you, you, you keep track yourself. of yourself you like yeah. don't let yourself burn. <laughs> it like in 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 yeah don't burn in like out. mental mental in yeah. good mental shape yeah yeah, yeah i think it makes sense no, i could see that like almost like keep yourself in line keep yeah. yourself in check yeah. idea don't let don't let like the world or like the music scene or like anything bring you out no yeah. Mm. yeah and the hardcore scene has always been pretty socially proactive mm-hmm. in that front yeah to be honest i didn't get that at all from <laughs> like i like, i i see where you're coming from but personally i don't really see it at the same time like i just based off the lyrics that i read and everything it's just like I, that idea never really seemed suggested to me at all mm-hmm. the lyrics didn't really seem like they had any consistency throughout the album maybe it was just me i didn't i didn't see any general theme but i don't know you're the lyric guy you let me know is there a theme? that was the hard thing about this record was like if i had to really search out lyrics on this end and like i didn't have it's, much it seems like the overall kind of, theme of the album would have just been uh the emotions from her yeah 
like like I guess in a huge generalization sense, right? Yeah. It's not um, necessarily like, a theme theme. I guess like, like like the song like the song I, that from the beginning is only friend and only friend lyrically is kind of about her tackling her paranoia and depression. Like or, it's probably definitely a record or at least a lyrically just for her mm-hmm. to just let out all her feelings out there. I mean, that's understandable. Hardcore born the genre of emo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the lyric, the chorus of Only Friend is Paranoia comes knocking, she's my only friend. Paranoia is here again, she's my only friend. Mm-hmm. Good song. Really good song. I like that song. This is actually. a really good intro. <laughs> good, good opening track, but yeah. um, that doesn't really like in any way kind of tie back into like the theme that you were saying about the album name. Maybe like they don't necessarily need to correlate, but uh, personally, I felt like there was no yeah, like there's no theme to this, except for like Andy said, like emotions. But like that's not really it's so broad. It's it not can't like a really theme, be right? a theme. Like, and, like it doesn't necessarily need a theme. I'm not saying like yeah, no a theme, definitely right. Not, but like yeah. I'm more inclined to agree with what Andrew said, where it's just like I don't think that the meaning, the title, tr- has any meaning, honestly, just based off of how disconnected the entire thing kind of feels. It just seems like a bunch mm-hmm. of songs you want to write about different things. Yeah. Right? Uh, Not yeah. necessarily about but like But I don't that. necessarily think that this is all... I don't necessarily think this is all like disconnected, you know? Lyrically, this is not all disconnected. Well, reading... <clears throat> reading the Stereo Gum review about it, uh, they said at some point one of the songs uh, sounded like it was about a romantic relationship, but the lyrics come off more as about a parent. So maybe this is a stretch right here about the album title, but maybe Burnt Sugar, something in her household when she was growing up, that reminds her of like a bad relationship with her parents. It could be a stretch though. <laughs> uh, the song is Hey Mercy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my reaction to your theory. <laughs> I don't know, Andy. It's a reach. It's only one song too. Yeah. I don't know, I guess... I like I haven't listened to the hardcore genre, so I don't under, I don't really know like generally if it's like that. But I feel like usually there's a little bit like an al- if an album cover and title have a theme, then it's usually a little bit more than one or two songs. Yeah, no, right. So that's where I'm coming from on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, but maybe it's just like their personal favorite track, and they decide to do that. Right? Like you never really know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, like the song Burn Sugar could easily have some kind of meaning and they just like that track the best and then they just went. Well, we could know. Let's yeah. Facebook message them hey, <laughs> right <yeah>. now. Literally. <laughs> no, well, I think then like even if you are on the lyric writing front, like I think it takes like a certain amount of awareness to have written something to correlate with Burn Sugar, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if you are correlating Burn Sugar to like how you process your feelings or your emotions or your your paranoia or anything like that. Like you're you're aware of it, you're thinking about how this connects, right? Right. So I think if you name the tra- name the album that it holds some significance, you think, right? Yeah. No, I I agree with you then. I agree with everything. Like every like even like your like your your uh your theory on the title made way more sense than Andrews. No offense, Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't tried. Agree. I, I didn't tried. agree with Andy's very much at all. Yeah. But like I could like totally like see yours. Mm-hmm. But like I guess I'm not completely sold on it. Either, yeah. Right. Like, like I, I would not sell my idea of like, oh, that's what this album's about. Hmm. Bird Sugar Man. Just a guess. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like that's kind of my takeaway from like what they've kind of talked about with the record and like from 
yeah how oh, oh. some of the lyrics sound because my main takeaway with the, the lyrics is overall like i love how this sounds and if there was any small gripe that i had with the mixing of this record is that she kind of sounds like muffled yes i was actually going to say the vocals definitely don't seem like they're champion it's like the guitar yeah really stands out really and then the, the, the vocals yeah like she like, has in a really great voice yeah even not even with like i love her, the emotions it, it even with like, like even not not mentioning harsh vocals like she has a clean vocal section ghost i think it is it's either ghost or dissociation and it was like oh shit wow these are like really good cleans yeah no it's ghost i was not expecting mm-hmm. her cleans to be as good as they were yeah i know <laughs> yeah so, i i love the vocals i love that vocal style though there's yeah. so much like yeah. emotion through it yeah and I think it for me and Jug and I think what we've noticed is that this is just a kind of like a technical thing. She is really muffled and she's really low in the mix. Mm. I kind of like that personally. Like I would personally like to hear her a bit more clearly. That's like, fair. It was, I, like the mix definitely prioritized guitar and drums. Oh yeah, yeah. To the for point sure. Where it's like yeah, like sometimes like the vocals were so much muffled and dismissed that you mm-hmm. kind of start to zone like out on it. Yeah, and really focus on the instrumentals. At least that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could notice that. Right, like. But I'm always a more instrumental I also, kind of guy. <laughs> I'm not. Another reason why I might have is that I don't like that vocal style very much. Yeah. Not my style, right? Yeah. Like, it was good. It was well done. Like, the entire album, I did enjoy it, which is rare. Like, I, you guys know I'm not a big fan of hardcore overall, right? So mm-hmm. I thought this was something pretty good. Yeah. But. And it was a pretty good listen. It was like 30 minutes. I think you. Yeah. yeah. You, you come in, get out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, like you come it, and get you it, come and get kicked in kicked into the like door. my Milo record, yeah. Right? It didn't it, did, it didn't overstate it on. welcome yeah. when I was listening, right? Like I never was wanting to change it like halfway through, like like wanting to because if like I was bored or anything. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. like you know when you're listening to a record, you like remember that one six song that happened yeah. once in a while. Right? Yeah, no, definitely. But no, I never wanted to change or turn it off. Like that's what happened with yeah the Milo record. Did not like that. Yeah. Uh, Loud and clear, but <laughs> never again. Yeah, no, seriously. I think the takeaway I got with this record kind of right away is like they write some really good hooks throughout this. Like, there's some really good like choruses and hooks laid out throughout this record. Like, right out the gate, m- friend, my friend mm-hmm. is top notch chorus shit. And same with Ghost and same with Dissociation. Like, there was a discussion about, I think it was Stereo Gum or Noisy that wrote in their review that, like, they had no idea, like, that this band could write a song like Ghost and, like, they land it. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, like, the low, the the slow down Nirvana shit that, like, no one kind of expected this band to do. Like, they thought they kind of just continue to be straight cut hardcore. Yeah. Like, they did extremely well on their yeah. first album. Yeah. Yeah, I know this. Uh, yeah, this. and the, you talked about the guitar a lot, but I would like to champion the drums. Uh, that's what this. I was gonna say. <laughs> I, well, I would say the yeah. drums are, are good too. I, I'd say instrumentally, this album is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Like there are some like really good fills mm-hmm. and like like the guitar. You can especially hear the noise rock influence in that yeah. portion. Like you yeah. definitely hear some of the Shellyac and Jesus Lizard. Yeah, and even Nirvana and some Pixies too. Yeah, trying. Yeah, no. Ghost. Ha- Ghost is the one with the guitar toads. Like the way that Ghost starts with like the, the slow down like guitar strumming. Yeah, like that sounds delicious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Burnt sugar. 
what? I'm saying like we're talking about taste. Bad, <laughs> oh, bad, bad joke. Bad joke. Bad thumbs joke. down, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand it. So it, down. it was just really good. <laughs> the guitar tones throughout this are just like so. The bass nice is nice sounding. too. Mm-hmm. Bass is really noticeable. I love that. Yeah. Don't like when bass just blends in with it, the guitar, following the guitar melody, the riffs and whatever. Mm-hmm. I am not usually such a hard, such a devout like straight cut hardcore fan. Like that's. Yeah, we. I like it. We've all been more post-hardcore. Yeah. yeah. Like a little I, more experimentation. Yeah. And I've grown to really like, to, to to personally enjoy like straight cut hardcore punk. Like I would not leave it out of anything if I were listening to it. Yeah, but. But this like, even then, like this checks off so much more of that than usual for me. It's so hard. In this genre. <laughs> it's so hard to call this record even just straight up hardcore too, even. Yeah. With the slight experimentation it has, mm-hmm. it's definitely closer than, let's say, previous records this year, like Turnstile or mm-hmm. Vane. Like those two are definitely not straight as hardcore, but they're in that scene as well. Yeah. No, I don't know what else to like. Hey, Mer- you were saying, what did you have else to say about Hey Mercy? I think my 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 takeaway was disasso- dissociation. I'm terrible with song names. <laughs> that's like the that's the one where like the typing out is really weird. If you remember that one, you, if you looked at the yeah, track like, list, yeah, like as it gets further into the word, it like spaces out more and more. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think Ghost would be my favorite. The clean vocals that you said is a big reason why. Yeah, mm-hmm. the big draw, the big draw for me there. There's like a really good like soaring quality to that bit. Mm. Yeah, like it was really slow, and I don't have much else to say it's just for like a really good straight up record yeah i'm trying to think right now like stand by. honestly it's really <laughs> consistent looking at the track list yeah like never a dull moment i feel like yeah i would say i really like straight burnt sugar though from the album yeah just looking at it i think i don't necessarily remember much about subtle thrill so but other than that most of this i can like instantly remember yeah this record isn't revolutionary at all yeah but it does its job and it does it really well yeah they know their audience yeah exactly mm-hmm. and even for their audience like they did enough they they made enough change from the first album. it sounds like at least i can't say that they they changed much because i i need to go back and listen to dies myself but that from one's more what, just straight up hardcore yeah from what I have seen of reviews and what have people talked about this record, like it sounds like this is have been there have been changes to their sound to for this record and their welcome changes. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to listening back to some of more of Gaojaway's stuff. But all right, it kind of sounded like Fantano there. Not gonna lie, <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to checking out. Like when is he's talking a about thing? a future album, when he's talking yeah. about tracks, I'm he's like, I'm forward. forward, yeah. I guess. No, it's not a bad thing at all. <laughs> I was just saying, it's just an observation, like yeah. a little connection. Jug it, up to you. Obviously, everyone knows okay. what we watch a lot of. Hey. <laughs> what? Oh, Anthony Fantano? Yeah. <laughs> not even a lot. He's just so- Advertise us, Anthony. Ju- we just know the memes. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> We're just um, all too meme uh, Okay. I picked another electronic artist, but mine is different than Andy's. It's not ambient. It's actually almost opposite. Mine is, uh, actually, I don't even know what the album name is. I always forget. One second. Diminuendo. Yeah, Diminuendo. 
Diminuendo it's by a, Daniel Avery. Uh, it's a nice, w- it's a nice album title. Like it rolls off the tongue. Yeah, really yeah, nice. yeah, it yeah. sounds nice to say. <laughs> but it's not an album, guys. It's an EP. Okay, sorry, and correct. it's a single from his album this year. Just songs. Other songs were added onto it. <gasps> the lead, the like, it's from uh, Songs for Alpha, right? Yeah, like Diminuendo. Yeah, that's from and Songs for Alpha. The other three songs are the new songs. Yeah, yeah. they're the new songs. Um. I was struggling to pick an album for this week. <laughs> this was a hard week. Like I just didn't feel like there was anything of interest. Everything that I tried to pick was in my mind only okay. Yeah. And I went through three choices, I think, before I eventually I didn't know he was releasing a new I'm a big fan of this artist, Drone Logic, his album from twenty thirteen. A mm-hmm. has probably my favorite album cover ever, is used for almost all my wallpapers on my computers. Yeah. Love it. I'd also and say B, Intense album. I'd also say this EP is a lot more like Drone Logic. See, that's why I really like this. And we're Mm going to continue. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I picked this. As soon as I got, like, the notification that he released a new thing, the first thing I did was, okay, I'm picking this this week. Because I knew this would be what I want to talk about. Luckily, it was short. (laughs) Yeah, like, very short. 25. It was 25. and Not counting the edit? Not even counting the edit. And then the first track, which is Diminuendo, is also five minutes, right? Well, the, the OG cut is seven minutes. Seven minutes. And so yeah. new tracks is only about like 18 minutes-ish, mm-hmm. 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah, he has a, like a history of being more in like the drone IDM kind of sound. Mm-hmm. Mix in with a little bit of like, a little bit of like, uh, techno. like a little bit like, yeah, like straight techno almost. It, it's minimal techno. Like minimal, yeah, yeah like. I could see that. I could I could hear that. And like the diminuendo is like more of like the classic sound. Very just like it starts off kind of with like a slow beat and has just like a risingness to it. Mm-hmm. Kind of how Aiden was saying, like it just like always kind of sounds like it's bubbling, but it doesn't go anywhere in a sense. It doesn't yeah. pop. At least it didn't pop for me. And like I have no problems with that. So that's yeah. why I was curious if yeah, no, I, I love that where you right. can just like drone like, out and say like, <laughs> And I got this and I got that that feeling less on this record than I did. Tim Hecker's, mm. but I see so, what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. No, the first track, I mean, I've heard it already, like we were saying, but I still, I still, I like that song a lot, but I don't honestly think it's the best song on this. And I don't think it should have been the track. I think hyper yeah. detail, which is the second song yeah. is the best song because that starts off running and it just like keeps going. And that song starts with like, like it comes in with instantly with like a, like a rising like synth, like, like swinging back and forth. Yeah. And then it comes in with like the hi-hats, which never stop, like a really fast hi-hats. It's probably at like 130, 140 BPM. A really fast song. And that's what I really liked. Well, it's like consistently like going at it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And can not remember the third track is pretty good. I can't remember the name. Light of Falling Rain. That was my takeaway. That was your number was that one? one. That yeah. was a really good track. It's just the next track after that. Or it's just yeah, it's speaking. just a close. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just a close. It's just yeah, it's just a closer. Talking. Yeah, it's yeah. like a two minute thing. It's like it's like no, no, I don't even check the edits. Yeah, that edit, I didn't even listen. Yeah, to it. <laughs> it's literally meant to be a club edit. Yeah, it's no, like exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But the first three tracks are outstanding. Yeah, I mean, obviously the first one. Yeah, I know Andy liked it because we've already talked about this person. So I'm curious, just first to see what Aiden has to say about it. <laughs> Because again, Aiden's not a big electronic fan yeah. at all. I feel bad because this is like the week that, like, two weeks in a row has kind of been like a lot of electronic music thrown my way. <laughs> yeah, Which I'm sorry. not against. I'm not against. <laughs> next week, don't go, do it ne- ever. Next time, don't do it ever again. <laughs> yeah. 
No uh, more. No promises. <laughs> I think this is just kind of another instance of not having like the vocabulary to say what I mean or say what I like about certain things. And I feel like there's also another instance of like I kind of want better headphones to really get the say, get the immediate yeah. effect of things. Yeah, the on, like there's some really nice production on here. It, it's a, like a lot of like electronic artists. It's incredible what they can do with like their sound staging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's like the thing that really like especially with like this style where it's like things will rise like rise in slowly mm-hmm. and like usually like remain. Like as you hear it creeping from the like back, a bed, like from far away, like or a something. bed, sort of, like almost, right? It's like it's like if it's like a sandwich, right? And it's like a piece is being like slid on slowly, mm-hmm. and it's like you can like if you have like bad headphones, it's just like a really shitty, just like plain sandwich. If that makes sense, like mm-hmm. it's just like kind of like bread with like salami, yeah. and like that's it. But like when you start like being able to like like get the sauces inside and like see like every little piece that's inside and like. Yeah, uh, you get to that, appreciate like, this, the full. You get to appreciate the full sandwich. Yeah, this analogy makes no sense already. Actually, this is a real, <laughs> this is a real I, food heavy. I, I get episode. what you mean. It's like the like someone so much layering. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like the minimal details that are yeah. being like added that you can notice with like a good headphone. Yeah, where if you're just eating an average sandwich, you you just are like I'm eating a sandwich. Oh. <laughs> good, I got it. I finally yeah. got it. Okay, imagine yeah. a sandwich. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where they, they they cut tomatoes and they put it on there, but they put the stack of tomatoes right in the middle, right? Yeah. And it's like you can't like – you literally just either – you're just getting tomatoes right in the middle. But like a sandwich is so much better when you spread the tomatoes out evenly all over and you get like a nice consistent amount yeah. of tomato like you all spread taste out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, take it. still makes no sense. I don't think actually, but like it, like compare the bad headphones is like a stack, and then like spread out is like also yeah. like, like a nice pair of headphones. Yeah. yeah, you need that, right? Otherwise, you're just not getting it how it's supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it doesn't sound good. I listen to this through. I have the same. Headphones yeah, no, as definitely you. not. Yeah, I have like AirPods, and I have like no, a nice the pair Jaybirds, of ears, right? My the Jaybirds did their job. Yeah, like I'm sure they like yeah. I, they sound good actually. Yeah, like I've yeah. listened to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. and this isn't. I'm not saying all of this to say that like I didn't like this record or didn't like how it sounded. But I was just like, I feel like I would get more out of it at a certain time later on with better headphones. But I think right off the bat, like without knowing much about the genre, like I love like the drumming beats and the samples that are kind of used throughout this. Like there's like a certain like rolling drum beat. Yeah, I'm like imagining like those like those like punching punching bags at arcades uh, not even like the speed what do you when you think of like rocky montages and it's yeah, like yeah, da, 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 da. yeah. <laughs> like that's kind of why i see you kind of bopping to this record it's no like, no totally yeah. that's exactly like what it's supposed to be right yeah like it's very rhythmic yeah, yeah. And, and like these producers are big like sound and production nerds so that's what i really appreciate what these guys are doing because they mm-hmm. really take the time for their craft and all the little details and building a song. Like a lot of people think of electronic music and they're like, that's easy. Mm -hmm. And maybe sometimes for some songs, but then you hear stuff like this and you're like, what, how did they even think of this? Like, it's amazing. Like just all the little details they add in. And it's incredible to me. It's like comparable, like not the same style necessarily, but like comparable to like last, my last week's choice of Aphex Twin. Mm-hmm. Like there's just so much little detail that has actually clearly gone into it. Mm-hmm. That's like on a mindless listen, you would think it's just like just thrown in there. But yeah, you it's, notice it's so like precise. 
And that's what really is impressive. Yeah. Like, and, you and really notice it. The thing about that record last week too, someone unaware of that all might just think it's noise. Like, oh, he just threw a bunch of noises together, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Just drop some files on, you know? Yeah. And yeah. there's so much more that goes into that process. This, the, the, the genre name, I don't fully understand what it means, but it's... IDM? Like, no, this is oh. Acid Techno. Oh, okay. I always thought, because, okay, well, Drone Logic is very clearly like Drone with like a little bit of other stuff. That's his older album. Yeah. Then apparently his new sound is Acid Techno, which is like Drone with synthesizers mixed in. But That drone, was something I was going to say, yeah. But Drone Logic has a lot of synth, so I don't really yeah. understand. I don't know. I was just, yeah, I, I, I coming away from like not listening to much of this, like it felt really synthetic to me. I, yeah. I always thought it was more described, or I've seen it described as minimal techno minimal a lot techno. of the time, or ambient techno even. And I could see that, especially from, well, maybe not with the CP, but from uh, Songs for Alpha. It reminded me a lot about selected ambient works. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. I really like the album cover too. Songs for Alpha or no, Drone Logic? For, for oh, Jimmy this one? Nintendo. This one? <laughs> right, the one we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes like, sense. It's just like, it's, um, yeah, I know. it's nothing crazy, but it's just like, in a weird way, I think it represents the music really well. I find I like, electronic album covers are beautiful a lot of the time. This is a really just, nice cover. Yeah. I also, I have fantasies or label, and like, I just like love their logo. They always put it on the cover. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like a, it's just like such a clean. Yeah, there's logo. like just like a really nice font. Like a nice font, like nicely, like like a cursively written fantasy right in the corner of it. I don't know. In a lot of ways, also thought this was a little. It wasn't one of his best works, though. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the it was mainly B sides plus the single, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Right, like they were great, but he's also one of my favorite electronic artists. So I feel like I expected a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I also didn't like Song for Alpha very much mm-hmm. in general. I guess I don't like that new sound. Drone Logic is one of my favorite electronic artists. Period. I, I think so a I lot guess. of people are with you there, mm-hmm. though. And it seems like this was meant to be a bit of a continuation of Songs for Alpha just by yeah. the cover. No, 100%. It's yeah. like, it is like Andy said, it's B-sides for sure. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's his third single EP he released this year. He released two others with some other songs that didn't make it onto Songs for Alpha. Also, side note, me and Andrew saw him live. That was incredible. Intense performance. Crazy performance. Okay. Yeah. Really. You saw, was that at like Oceaga? It was at Oceaga, yeah. yeah. Very like, uh, it's, you, it's really telling of if a DJ is a good DJ when you see them live. Mm-hmm. Like it's really telling. And he is just like completely tuned in. He's not one of those like hype beast kind of like, oh, let me drop a beat and I'll, I'll jump and. <laughs> you know, let the let the stage and the crowd do for yeah. me. Yeah. He's like fully just like not giving you a minute to breathe with like his like the high BPM techno. Yeah. And I loved it. I yeah. absolutely loved it. Yeah. I was also was like incredible. very much under the influence, so that could be an impact. <laughs> but like it was like a very, yeah. very intense show and I loved yeah. it. No, I have a coworker of mine that I think I've I've talked about on this episode before, but like he's a big electronic fan and like even for Nimi Blanche, he was saying like he was really hyped to go to like a bunch of like electronic shows throughout the day and like was it serotonin i think is like her stage name oh performs yeah cool. she performs and uh they were all gonna go see her and then see someone else that was doing a they're a part of the indigenous powwow stuff going on with Nui blanche i think but they were all super hyped about like oh this guy drops like he uses real he uses real scratching and 
there. That's so it. rare nowadays. Yeah, and now he's like, that's so you don't see that. So he's really hyped that. on that. Yeah, and then he went, he went. Got, I think it was. Uh, he, I think he said Brandon. Yeah, he said Brandon this past weekend. He went to a DJ show, electronic show in Brandon. It was like the only DJ in. Brandon. Oh really? Oh. <laughs> no, um, let me take a tangent on electronic artists, but obviously, like, there's a lot of really, really talented people out there. Mm-hmm. And like with electronic music and in general, music production has never been easier. Not demeaning anybody or yeah, anybody's work, right? but like, like you can find like that is... realistic sounding live instruments for for plugins, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like you can really get a nice sounding album just mm-hmm. by sitting at your computer. But like, especially with EDM, like if you, like, I think it, it way more impressive is being like it's just like as um. Like somebody who's able, like a rapper who's able to freestyle versus taking three, four months to write it. It just, it shows a huge difference in skill mm-hmm. that I feel like a lot of EDM artists aren't able to like get on a stage really and hard really us. just like show yeah. like their talent of like in the moment being able to mix songs. Yeah. And I let me just, instead it, it just kind of ends up being like, let me press play. Let me press play or let me wait for the drop. And, and you're a great performer and that is part of it, right? Like yeah. is when a DJ jumps up and like, the Chainsmokers is an is the perfect example of like a duo who like know how to perform. Mm-hmm. Like one of them is jumping up and like getting it in the crowd hyped, while the other one is hitting play essentially, right? Yeah, and right. it's just like it like it has its appeal. Putting the curtain, but putting the curtain up. It's not of. my obviously style. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, and that's why I, I guess like I have a lot of respect for him because I saw him live and I saw he's incredibly talented. Mm. Like at doing that. And, like, a few other ones we saw at O'Shea in general. Like, the EDM stage is really cool because you really get to... Like, because there are some EDM artists, uh, Major Laser. Oh, my God. That was the worst show. Like, no <laughs> joke. even at the EDM stage, too. That was, That's what I was about to say is that, like, there's some, like, big EDM artists who will play at, like, the other main stages, mm-hmm. right? Like the, but, like, there's, like, one, like... And it's, like, cool, go have your thing. We don't we don't want him anyways. Kind of. Yeah, kind of, right? Yeah. It's just, like, the EDM stage is cool because it gets, like, lets people show off their talent. I guess you don't need yeah. the drops at that stage. I guess like I don't know. Is it, is it different there? I don't know why I'm talking about that now. It's so tangential. Yeah, but <laughs> no, it's all good. To swing it all back, I guess it's just. Daniel I, I was, I was does impressed. This I was impressed yeah. by like just like the hyper details, like the one track that really stood out because like all like this the synth that was in it, like swinging back and forth, and like things were like drop out completely, but it was always a synth that remind, remained, mm. just swinging back and forth between the ears. Super solid. Mint. Mint. Yeah. Mint. Great song. I think the song that stuck out for me for like light was Light of Falling Rain and it had like that like a really good, like consistent dripping effect. Like there was like a Yeah. Yeah. It was supposed to be like rain, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It felt like rain. Yeah, and there was like I think overall throughout this record there was like a certain like lifting quality, but not like have lift off, am I right? Or like uplifting it wasn't either of those but there was a sort of like slow rise to everything yeah as you go further and further yeah it just felt like the water was boiling with the with the lid on mm-hmm. but like it, the <laughs> lid never popped These analogies today yeah <laughs> these are all kitchen analogies That's just like, I'm just, I'm just all the food <laughs> I must be hungry right now i guess <laughs> i think yeah i think overall i i i feel like i'd have to listen to hyper detail again because i feel like i missed something that you guys were talking about because it wasn't something that I instantly caught on to. That's fair. I guess so. it, it depends on what you were expecting. I guess a, a big reason why I liked it a lot was because 
that style that, that synth I keep on talking about bringing it back in is uh, not normal for him. Mm. So when I heard it, I was like, oh, oh what shit. is he doing here, right? I was like, he does not have anything that fast, like almost never. Mm-hmm. So I guess I was more so just like, damn, this is really good, and this is not what he does, right? So that's, that's why it's really into it. So recommend? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Would you recommend something else from Daniel from Daniel Avery's discography? <laughs> discography. Like, it, it all goes back into, like, are we recommending it to somebody who likes EDM or electronic music already? Yeah. This would not be a good intro electronic artist because I feel like people would be like, it's boring. Mm-hmm. In general, like uh, people, well, it depends on what people are looking for as well. Yeah, yeah, people wouldn't pick away the layers, and I think that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Also, do, yeah, yeah, because most people when they hear electronic music, they want something with a drop or yeah, a dance ball right? beat, right? You want that, uh, you want that, that, that Diplo, that Tiesto, mm. <laughs> Diplo. Tiesto, yeah. Skrillex, that's <laughs> more like yeah. Tostito, yeah, <laughs> you want <laughs> all those. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people associate the drop with just like how like when you think a lot of people when they think of rap or like hip hop they think of bangers mm-hmm. yeah right or you, th- you the think- 808 drums <laughs> yeah. right like so like when you get something like a little bit more like emotional or like meaningful with rap I mean bangers can be meaningful but yeah you, like I feel like are that, you talking that's, about bangers are meaningful <laughs> <laughs> all bangers bang, are meaningful Ric Flair drip man <laughs> but, <laughs> I would recommend it I think so I mean, I, I was playing this actually when a few of my friends came over, including Andrew, and like somebody asked, like, "Hey, what is this? Sounds pretty good." I was like, hey. uh, it's, it's nice and short, so I would recommend it even for that reason, just to introduce someone, just like to a taste test, his style. But it is vastly different from his first album. Yeah, yeah. What I he's kind doing of, now. I kind of wanted to bring this up as well on like, just to bring up like the topic of like I guess palate cleansers. Because I feel like... Oh, yes. I, I know what you're talking about. Because I feel like there is a certain... For me, there is a sequencing issue as to how I listened to this, where I was, like, listening to Tim Hecker's Kanoyo mm-hmm. and, like, such an early amount... Such an early time after Aphex Twin, where it's just, like, I needed a bit more of a, of a palate cleanser before I listened to this, maybe? I know If that makes sense? That makes sense. That's yeah. how I feel entirely about rock, punk, and stuff like that when... I need when I'm getting sick of that, or like just sick of the sound, or getting bored. Even I always go to like ambient drone, classical jazz stuff like that. Mm. More, I guess, non traditionally based music, just like neutral. I can agree that you don't always want to sit down and have to pick part a song. Yeah. So like, if this is all you're getting out of it, then I can totally understand where you're like, oh, I want something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I totally agree with that palate cleansing thing. I guess I listen to uh, like a lot of variation of electronic music, so I never felt that way. Mm-hmm. But I definitely am not like exclusively listening to like repetitive style like drone yeah, or like definitely acid not. techno or anything, right? So I have a lot of that palate cleansing. Mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of like vapor trap stuff. I love actually like, a great palate cleanser is pop music. I find yeah, yeah. K pop yeah. dude. Yeah, Can't just putting on pop music. <laughs> Get it. Just yeah. something super catchy, danceable. Yeah, mindlessly you can just listen to it. It's enjoyable, especially since pop music is entirely a singles based genre. Most of the time, seriously, that I don't have to put on a full album so I can switch from artist to artist. Whereas in other genres, I'm listening to album after album and that can get tiring if I'm listening to consistently 40 to 50 minute albums. Sometimes longer. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes longer. 
I, I like I don't think I can stand albums that are longer than sixty minutes anymore. They have to be real Lupe. good. Huh? Lupe. Lupe. I can't yeah, listen. Yeah. I can't listen. That was a good like Droga's like wave. I've heard right? consistently good things, but I can't. Luckily, the first half is the much better half. Yeah. If you ask me. Um, it's a little Wayne album too. Especially hip hop, I feel like does not need that. That's why I really like Daytona. Mm-hmm. Seven tracks, about twenty five. To minutes. the point. To the point. I know that you guys don't like at least one song off that, but I fucked with that entire album all the way through. Rick Ross. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. I just like, don't generally mess with Rick Ross. That's fair. I think I guess this it, every song sounds like a Rick Ross song. You just know what it sounds Ooh. like. Maybach music. I, I feel like there's a new, <laughs> there's a new trend with um, album parts and then releasing part one, junk. part two. And like Taboo is a great example. I should have picked Taboo as my first album. I kept on thinking that. Yeah. I really, really. I think we were all kind of surprised that you didn't. Denzel yeah, Curry's I thought you were gonna do that. I know. I really like. I regret it. I regret it so much. I wish I could talk about it now. It's fine. That yeah. one had three parts, and I felt like each part got consistently better. Because then the last part was just uh. incredible. Like those four songs in the last part, all of them went so hard. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Peggy. Ooh. Peggy. <laughs> Which is funny. They're, JPEG okay. Mafia. We're a, we're a little bit off so track. Good. I know. Actually, yeah. We're holy good. shit. Um, <laughs> we just like music. Yeah. yeah. I'm just reminded of like, I feel like Peggy has ended up being a lot of people's like call signs. Oh. And like in tracks, like Rico Nasty says oh. Peggy a lot. Yeah. What does Peggy mean? Well, like for JPEG, it meant like JPEG Mafia. Yeah. yeah. And like, he, like if you've talked, if you've read up on him, like he used to be a part of like a crew. Of like Tiff Mafia or whatever, I don't know. PNG Mafia. Like they're all. Oh, that's actually a thing. Oh, yeah. fuck off. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> so like that's what I meant to him from what I've understood about it. Okay. With Rico, with Rico Nasty, I don't know. Yeah. But Rico I, Nasty, I love Rico Nasty. Yeah. Oh my god. I like. Have you seen her I, live? The live performance that she did for Rage. No, this I didn't. This past weekend, holy shit. Right, Rage Against the Machine? Of, not, of her song, Rage. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought she performed with Rage Against the Machine. Dude, I'm like, that would not dude, surprise though. me, though, either. I feel like she could she could do it. With a Rage? With Rage? Yeah. Man, rage with Rage? I could talk a lot about like some of the Rage albums. Too bad we have to pick new albums. Yeah. Well, hey, well, maybe we can when, always uh, change the format. When Zach De La Roca comes out. At some point, because yeah, that's man, supposed they're, to, they're, LP is supposed to yeah, come out. LP was LP producing. LP is producing it. They're a little washed out. All of them. I like the single that Zach Delaroca put out. Yeah, the I single thought it was, was, I thought it was okay. Yeah. Like, that's like, it's okay. But I think like some of the old, like that's Rage's true. like self-titled uh, debut, that is a fucking like 9.5 yeah. like album. That is yeah. like, goes hard. <laughs> did I ever show you there's a dude on YouTube that does, he did like, I think I sent it in the chat a long time ago, but the dude that did like a Rage Against the Machine react. No. Because he's like, he's like a straight up like hip hop rap listener. And then like he went on YouTube to like listen to like old rap shit, I guess. Like that was kind of his YouTube niche. Interesting. Where he'd be like, okay, I'm driving. Here's the, here's the album of the week. I'm going to listen to it and he'll play through the the album. Mm. And so he plays through, I can't remember which Rage album it is. But he plays there and he's like, yo, this shit good. Yeah. <laughs> It'd most likely be the self-titled. I think it was the self-titled. Yeah. Evil Empire is really good. It's too. like, wow, this dude's saying something. <laughs> it sounds good. 
He was, his expression was like watching a child like open a present. Oh my it was God, really awesome. cute. Man, I remember listening to Rage when I was a little kid with my cousins. Like I was like seven. Fun fact, <laughs> I I played a bit of chess lis- while listening to Rage with the old Christian camp director. Really? <laughs> like three years back. Oh yeah. Back when I worked That's at so funny. Oh back when I worked at a camp, we were. I think me and Jacob were talking about like how good Rage was. We were just talking about that, and I think I ended up playing the song, and I was like, "Oh shit, there's a swear in here," and we were all in like the we were all like in the staff chill room. They're like, oh. and they was like, "Hey, let's go here." It was like the the chess thing is a bit cringy because first off, I I'm not good at chess. Of course, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not just, my, not your thing. Yeah, just not my thing. But the rage, listening to rage is dope. That's so hard to imagine. I can just imagine like killing in the name of coming yeah. on. I would be like, I've would... <laughs> listened to that song out of my speakers, but like, there's that one part where it falls off, and he's like, yeah. "Fuck you, don't tell me," or whatever. However, it I goes. don't. Do... Oh, fuck you, I don't do what you tell me. Yeah, it repeats that over and over again, and then like, I have to like turn down my speakers. Yeah. And be like, oh. <laughs> like my mom would not be happy about that. <laughs> but regardless, we're so off topic. Let's yeah. swing back, okay? Okay, let's yeah. do a final yeah. wrap up. Yeah, wrap up. Andy's album, I'd recommend it. Tim Hecker's Kanoyo. Yeah. Okay. I would recommend it. I would recommend it. 100%. Aiden's album, Gal Joy. Burnt Sugar. Burnt Sugar. I'd recommend. Uh, (laughs) I don't think I would. If if we're talking about someone who's just a fan of rock, no. But if you already are into like the post hardcore, any kind of thing, then 100%. Any hardcore, yeah. If you're familiar with hardcore, yes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I would recommend. So I'd, I'd say maybe I think hard, maybe listen anyways. Hardcore isn't that approachable, if you ask me. But maybe that's just because I don't like it. It's, yeah. hard, it's really hard to tell, yeah. right? So, and then mine, I would recommend it. I think I decided. I'd recommend it. I think I'd recommend yours with like a bit of an asterisk. I'm pretty non-controversial <laughs> right here. Yeah. <laughs> Recommending them I'll, all. I'll remain neutral. Neutral. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I well, thought, yeah, I thought they were all great this week. Yeah, good choices. Good some choice a difference from the previous two weeks. Right? Yeah, had some disagreements. Yeah, maybe the next round we'll maybe have next round. Yeah, <laughs> gotta pick some controversial shit. Yeah, I think I think we have. I some, honestly we'll thought, have a bit more leeway in the coming weeks for like more albums to choose from. Yeah, I think we are in a bit of a dry spell for this time around. Yeah, I was started this at a poor time. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of albums. Man, I did like, not. I, was I, I had mostly I had mostly singles that I might have been willing to talk about, but like, yeah, yeah. so many good singles came out. Yeah, but I did you listen to Weezer? It did. It's good. It's really it's good. good. It's really good. That was surprisingly good. Yeah, because Weezer, I feel like, kind of fell and off. And he said, "Fuck." Oh really? Oh, I didn't even notice that. And and bitch. <laughs> Do they normally not swear? He doesn't. He oh. cut out swears out of Pinkerton. Really? Well, I wonder. Why. I wonder why. I guess I he's never, not I much never of a, attention. To he's that. not much of like a sweary dude. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Trying to appeal to a younger demographic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mick Jenkins came came out with like a single or two. Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Tom York. Yeah. Unknown Mortal Orchestra is really good. Tom York, of course. I I yeah. probably am also spoiler gonna pick the soundtrack next time, but yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I feel like I would have ended up choosing Horrendous, but I wanted a bit. More, I needed a bit more time to listen to Horrendous, and Horrendous would have been very tough for you to listen to. I think. <laughs> Me? Why? What is that? It's straight up death metal. Yeah. I still like death metal. It's a bit kind proggy of. too. Yeah, there's yeah. 
It's a bit froggy. I would, I would I would have been curious. It was a 40-minute album, so I couldn't... I'm going to listen to it and let you know. Yeah. The, the cover is fucking great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, their covers are consistently... No, and they're really one of the big, great, old-school death metal bands coming back in the scene, but making it interesting. Because I know a lot of old-school death metal fans just, like, let's take something old yeah. and paste yeah. it on a new band. Yeah. Right? Well, these guys, these guys definitely, these guys get credited for like keeping the the death reimagining alive of like the old band called Death. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. No, uh, I could totally see that. So cool. Yeah, this is we'll the see episode. For next week. Hope may, mm, maybe Solange will come out with something soon. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll think there's, about there's this. Been, right? there's, yeah. there's been some interviews with Solange, and she yeah. says it's soon. So mm-hmm. yeah, you think she's just going to do think, a, a random I, drop? I think it's been kind probably. Of, it's been kind of confirmed that it might be a surprise drop. Yeah, so I, I think I'm looking forward be. to it. I really fucking love. I really, wasn't a seat at the table a random Solange. drop. I really loved. A seat at the table. Yeah, Wasn't awesome. it a random drop too? I'm pretty sure it, it was. was. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was. Well, yeah, she dropped it and it came with like two music videos yeah. at the same time. Yeah. yeah. A seat at the table? Yeah. Do you like that better than Lemonade? 100%. Mm, I, I, I would... Mm, I agree. I would say so, yeah. Like Lemonade, I thought I was pretty Lemonade good. has some higher highs at some points. Like I really personally like Don't Hurt Yourself. I don't like mm. Lemonade at all. Really? I... There's some really good I think there's some like that. Yeah, like that's a but song. But to, to Clifford, I never like Beyonce too much. Four. Oh my God. I like a, a couple songs here and there, but I'm more of a Rihanna kind of guy. Oh, oh I what? hate Rihanna, yeah. dude. She's garbage. Rihanna only got good like now. <laughs> She's never good. I never love really Rihanna. Good, dude. And like hater, Auntie, hater, was, hater. Auntie was her coming into her own, and she, there's still more for her to, to get to, I think. Uh, well, I guess because Rihanna's done too many like features where she does that really generic, basic chorus. Like oh, a rapper, yeah. Eminem is a good example, right? Yeah, yeah. I hate that shit, and it just yeah. made me like be like, I hate you, Rihanna. I hate yeah, you. love the way you lie. <laughs> if she avoid when she avoids like the pop stuff, she can be really, really good. I liked her cover of Tame Impala's song. I liked Andy actually. Now that I think about it, I, I fucked with some songs on Andy. Yeah. Kiss it better. Anyways, we're okay. going yeah. so tangent. This is really tangenty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, That's thank okay. you for listening. Okay, Bye. you will hear us oh. in two more weeks. Yes. Episode four. Awesome. Bye. A new hope. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye.